All right. The double. Hi, nice to meet you. Even though we just said it, but hello, Keenan. Thank you for joining. Yeah, of course. Great to be here. I'm excited to uh, to dig into sales and whatever else comes up. Yeah. So you uh, are an interesting individual. Yeah, we've we've never met before, but you definitely have some pop and fire and strong presence and interesting things to say in the world of LinkedIn, which is how you came across my world. Um, so that's how I got to know you. This is our first time chatting. So I guess, uh, do you, would you mind introducing yourself briefly? Yeah, of course, I wouldn't mind. Um, basically, I have been in sales for about, I think, two, three years, probably total, if you include all my random sales experience I had in the past. Um, currently, I'm at a SaaS company. So for anyone who doesn't know, it's basically like a tech company, software as a service. And uh, yeah, my goal is to climb the ranks of the uh, sales organization there as an AE and eventually become a strategic AE. So I love it. And your your LinkedIn headline says aspiring to be the number one salesperson in the world, which is fun. Yeah, exactly. That's that's accurate. So um, reason why I really put that there is because I hold myself to that standard and putting it out there makes me a lot more determined basically to, you know, meet that standard. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, I have zero prep or things written down, but things are already popping in my, my head. I just thought it'd be two, two good salespeople, two passionate salespeople chatting. So, so you've been in the sales world for two, three years, which is, which is a very small amount of time. So how have you found educating yourself? Uh, yeah. What's, what's worked and hasn't worked to, to sharpen your game. So I would say the, the first thing, which is really a prerequisite for all of it is putting in the hours in your actual job, right? There's a book I read um, by Brian Tracy, which a lot of the tactics were outdated, as you can imagine. I mean, the book is pretty old, but there was the psychology of sales that he talked about is really, I mean, that really never changes. And he said that I think the average salesperson works, I think it was 90 minutes a day is what he said. And by work, he means like, doing things that will actually generate sales, right? Talking to customers, creating contracts, things like that. Um, so that's really the first thing. And that's what I learned when I was selling cars is that like most people are just not working the full day, right? Or even not working, let's say even a few hours. So for example, there, the way you get, the, the real way you get sales is by meeting people at the door, right? That's a real way, the best way to get sales there. And I was just the person who would meet them by the door every time. And that's really what made the difference. While other people were sitting at their desk, I was sitting by the door. Eventually, there was one salesperson who was actually, I mean, a hustler kind of like I was. and wasn't just always sitting at the desk waiting for people to come in. He was doing the same thing as me. So then I started having to meet them in the parking lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it worked. So, But that's really what it is. That's the first thing. And that's just getting at bats, right? Yeah. And I can answer more to like the other stuff I do outside of that. But if you wanted to ask further questions, I'll let yeah, you. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I, I hear that. It always boggles my mind to give like my food service example of that. It's like when people are at trade shows, I guess it wouldn't need to be food service. And they're just like working the back of the booth. And I'm like, why are you working the back of the booth? Like just working the front of the booth, looking at name badges. If you see a juicy name badge, just like grabbing for an interaction. Um, yeah, it's amazing how passive salespeople can be and like of course like all i guess the name of the podcast pleasantly persistent it's just like that's just like kind of the combo that's needed um 
Cool. I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, we as salespeople get rejected a lot and get ghosted a lot. And it can be really, really hard as passionate salespeople. And like, it feels like the decency on the other end is, is lacking a lot of the time. We're just like, come on, just say no. I don't care. Just don't go. How have you, how's your, how's your mental toughness nowadays and how have you grown your mental toughness? Yeah. So I would say that for me, I think what really helps me is that I don't even think of it that way. So the way I think about it is like when they ghost me at the end of the day, like they're just a normal person, right? They have responsibilities, their own things going on. And I'm just like a blip in that. And so the way I think about it is like, they're not really, it's not something I have to, to be tough against because the mentality protects me from it in the first place, which is I'm just thinking, okay, um, they're not rejecting me, right? The product's just not a fit for them. And maybe it is a fit, but just not at this time. And so for me, it never really brings me down, right? And the only other aspect that can really bring you down is if you feel like you're not going to hit your goals, right? Without this deal. And that is really solved by just having so many deals that, you know, you factor in X percent of them not making it. So the stress isn't really there. Totally. So I guess what, uh, I'm curious what, what you're trying to work on or sharpen or tighten up right now. Uh, and then also what you're like, biggest, uh, no pet peeve is, but what you see salespeople doing, you're just like, come on. Like, yeah. So, um, so the second question was pet peeve. The first one was what, what you're trying to sharpen up in, in your world and improve. Yeah. So for me, what I'm trying to improve is to give you some context at my last job, which was my first real B2B sales, um, yeah. um, experience. I, it was purely a full cycle role. So there was no, there's really no BDRs for me. Right. And so I had to book everything myself. There was, I got, maybe was lucky to get two quality inbound leads a month. So it was really all determined by how my outbound. So I was real outbound focused. Right. But yep. now I get so much inbound that like before I could give my full time to every opportunity because yep. I wasn't getting that many. Now I have so many that that's where I'm struggling is managing the pipeline, right? Prioritizing, determining, you know, quickly qualifying, saying, I want to spend time here. I don't want to spend time there. So managing pipeline right now and balancing and prioritizing many more opportunities than you can handle is what I'm working on. And I actually hired, um, there's, it's called Top Academy. Okay. Run by Tom Bocard and Paul Salamanca. And that I paid them for coaching, which I start next year. And so that's how I'm basically addressing that. Cool. That's awesome. You have to keep me posted how that goes. Uh, yeah. Cool. And then, so what do you see from colleagues or not colleagues, but just like salespeople where you're just like, ah, I can't believe you're still That'd doing that or your head is in that space. Yeah. So there's probably two things. Um, one, which we kind of touched on before, which is really just like outright laziness, like not yeah. following up things like that. Um, not following up when the person requested it. Like that's, yeah. that's really my biggest thing. Like they're like, follow up with me in two weeks. And it's not like a blowing you off. Right. It's like, okay, you know, legal will get back to me on this date. Please follow up with me two days after. And yeah. then not doing that. That's really number one is laziness. The second one is 
not being not being buyer centric in the sense that like you're not you're not doing what's in the best interest of the customer right and that's really the the two things that that bother me the most yeah cool so the thing uh i think i'm most curious about right now for my own day-to-day and for our rooted team is uh-huh. just like efficiency or just what the day and evenings honestly look like i'm not talking about related to work like for me probably a month in just shutting my phone off from six to eight at night and it's been freaking amazing and i will never revert back so i'm just curious it's just so it's so fascinating to me because i feel like certain days that like if i'm on the road and i only have a three-hour window like at a random coffee shop or panera i'm like oh i got my whole to-do list done in that even two hours where it feels like that same to-do list if I had an eight-hour day, that's how long it would take me. So I just feel like there's something here for efficiency. So I'm curious how you organize your days, what your morning routine looks like, if you want to talk about it. And then also, yeah, it's interesting to me. Do you have a hard stop? Like, do you not touch work night and weekends? Yeah, that's all very interesting to me. So for me, I, okay, I'll touch on two things. One is like what you pointed out about setting timers on stuff. So that's something that I've noticed really helps. I don't do it as much as I should, which is um, the Pomodoro method. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's like, so you do basically 25 minutes of focused work, deep work, whatever you want to call it. And then you do a five minute break. And then you do that three times, that cycle three times, 25, five, 25, five, et cetera. And then the fourth break, you do 25 and a longer break, which is probably like 15 minutes around there. And I've noticed that when you set a timer on it, you feel like you're like, okay, I need to get this task done in 15 minutes. And you end up just doing it way faster. Yes. Um, so that's what I've noticed. The, the issue I have there though, is balancing like the stress that you get with rushing where you feel like you're rushed. So that's where I'm like kind of struggling is, is balancing those two things. Um, but anyway, to answer your direct question, I... I've noticed the benefit of the hard stop. I've done it. I'm just bad at it. Like candidly, I will, sometimes I'll just work too late. I'll just keep going. And it's a terrible habit. Like now I consciously know it's a terrible habit and um, I need to get better at it though, which is like a hard clock out at five. And again, like you said, if you set that, you'll just work more efficiently during the day. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Efficiency of the day is just so fascinating. Like I said, even like pre-COVID, I was on the road four days a week. And those days I would have like two hours at the coffee shop. And somehow I would be able to create, do my follow-ups, create new outreach, new momentum and pipeline. And now I'm an office guy, <laughs> you know? And I, it's like, I get the same thing going on. I just, uh, it's very interesting to me. Do you, um, do you, give yourself a, a lunchtime break or do you eat in yeah. front of the laptop? Yeah, I stopped doing that. I stopped doing the, the laptop desk eating. Um, I like, I started setting an hour for lunch every day now and yeah. I won't necessarily eat lunch the whole time. Sometimes I'll just like chill for a little bit and then eat lunch or whatever. But yeah, I started doing, there's three things I started adding to my calendar, which have been really helpful. One is an hour for lunch. Another one is um, 30 minutes. 4.30 to 5. I like, I don't take meetings after four, right? My last meeting ends 4.30. And then I just call it wrap up, right? Where I basically just 
wrap up. And that way I can clock out a lot faster. Um, and the other thing I do is Fridays, I, I block the whole day as if I'm out of office, but I just block the whole day. And what I do then is if meetings go, I tell them like, don't book any meetings there unless it's very important. So I end up averaging maybe two or three meetings a day total on Fridays. I spend the rest of the day just doing whatever I want so I can go into the weekend, like done. Like there's nothing I have to do for work. Yeah. I like, uh, I, I schedule. Yeah. I keep my Fridays light for calls, like any yeah. heavier. Yeah. Monday through, it just, I don't know. It just feels better. It just feels better too. And then Friday just like has a better flow to it. And I focus on different things and I'm in a lighter space, more creative space, like Monday through Thursday. I'm going to be honest, there's more of a dense energy, you know, and Friday feels more creative. I play tennis every Friday morning from 7 to 8.30, 7 to 8.30, and I just have a more fluffy, light call day. And so, yeah, then there's room for, like, creative, fun stuff because of that space and energy I'm in, which is great. Hour for lunch, I, yeah, I love it. It's, um, once again, it's super interesting. Yeah, I, um, it's, 40 second story. I used, I sold Vitamix blenders for about six years, straight commission job, which was great until it wasn't. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I gave myself an hour and a half for lunch. I would find like a soccer field and kick around a ball and everyone else taking like 30 minute lunch. And I just, that was just with the norm for me. And I like did amazing. And now I'm in the routine of like 20 away from the laptop, like 20 minute lunches. It's once again, I think it's like, you still somehow find, your day ends up being, you get done what you've got to get done. And it's just like, we all know if you're in a bed, we all know how it is to work from a dense space. And you're yeah. just like, you can like put in six hours, eight hours, nine hours. And you know, those days were like, ugh, it's just so clunky and crossing things off the to-do list is so slow. Or you're just staring at your laptop. And if someone's like, what did you do the last half hour? You'd be like, I don't really know. Stop asking me questions. <laughs> you know, versus like when you're in like a light, flowy good space like things just crank and and there's just like a better vibe to it so i think it's just yeah, i think self-care uh, is just amazing i respect the, the hour break slash lunch that's awesome yeah yeah and one thing i'll say about that is like you don't really have it just makes more sense to do that for two reasons one is like if you do it that way in the moment you might perform you might get the same amount done that you would right in a better state but one, it takes you longer Two, it's going to mess up your health. Like it did for me. I was doing that where I was just, it was insane. I was doing what you were, what you're talking about, like the dead space thing for like eight to seven every day, Monday through Friday. And like, I got very sick. And on top of that, you don't grow as exponentially when you're in that space. You literally just feel like you don't take the time to step back and think about how you can improve, right. Or new ways to be creative and new ways to improve your calls. You're just doing things how you know how to do them when you're in that space. And that's really where it hurts you is like the 10 year growth. Yeah, totally. Anything that you would be, uh, any subjects that you think in the sales world are interesting to discuss or just drive you crazy or fill you up with passion? You know, honestly, one thing I'll say is yeah, what fires me up the most is really, I don't know, I, like I've started to learn to really love discovery and like really finding the value of doing good discovery. It's, 
it's game changing. Like I read Gap Selling by Keenan. I don't know if you're familiar with the book. No. It's basically talks about how your discovery needs to be focused around business problems. Most salespeople focus on like technical or technical problems, which you solve with features, but his discovery is about taking a step further and focusing on the business problem. So for example, for our product, right? We sell direct mail technology. So let's say you want to use it for marketing. They could say, we need our direct mail to be more customized, right? And I could say, okay, here's our, here's our um, tool. You can use HTML templates. You can custom fields for every mailer. And that's it, right? That could be the conversation. But what if I ask, you know, what is your conversion rate from your mailers currently that aren't personalized? Oh, they're 3%. What do you think it would be if they were personalized? Oh, when we've done in the past, it was 5%. Okay, 2% conversion. How many leads is that? Oh, that's another 2,000 leads or yeah. 2,000 conversions. Okay, what is the average sale? 100. Okay, so what you're telling me is that, I think it's 200,000, right? Yeah, 200,000. What you're telling me is that you'll make an extra $200,000 by paying us 2,000 a month for the software to do this. Yes, okay. And that's a whole different conversation. Cause then when they, I've done this before, then when they don't, when they start ghosting you, it's like, Sally, you told me you're yeah. losing, yeah, you told me you're losing out on 198,000 every month by not doing this. Like what's up, right? And then it's a whole different conversation. Cause then they're, whatever they say, it's probably gonna be a real reason why they can't move forward. Yeah, that's, I like it, that's good. Um, so I guess my head's still in efficiency a little bit. Do you, do you guys have a, a, a Slack or Slack-ish kind of platform going on? Do you guys yeah, have it? We have Slack. I removed it from my phone. That was someone's advice on LinkedIn. He was like, remove it from your phone. I was like, okay, so. Yeah, so and I'm curious, during the day, do you have periods of time where you'll uh, uh, mute it uh, or pause notifications? Or do you just hear the Slack notification noise and you'll just like check occasionally? Like, do you, or do you use it like as, or do you, if you hear a noise, you check it. So the way I have Slack is it's not downloaded as an app on my computer. It's okay. just, it's just a bookmark. So there's no like notification of any kind. Whenever I want, I just click on the bookmark and check it. Um, so that's what I do. I think ideally, if I could take it one step further, what I would do is I would block time for Slack. Right? Yeah. And I think that would be ideal. 30 minutes, maybe I don't know, five minutes at the end of every hour or whatever. Yeah. I think that would be even better than what I'm doing currently, which is probably checking in the middle of. Yeah. Yeah. Slack's like, right. It's a new one to our, our world. I mean, it existed pre COVID, but I think for it really came into existence like the last two years. And it's just interesting because it's like this fun because sales can feel like a lonely Island. So it's really fun to be able to like have like some banter during the day and we're, you know, we have a very small team at Rooted. We're a remote team of five. So it's fun to be able to just like have silly banter during the day or share good news. But yeah, sometimes like, yeah, it can, it can definitely mess with the flow state. You hear that noise and you're just like, you know, and I do have that the app on the laptop. So it's a, it's an interesting one. It's the same thing you could think about the same way through like emails. You hear that email and like, do you instantly go to it? sometimes very tempting or do you just like not let that distract you it's all it's all interesting yeah i definitely get the emails that part like still i try to i've been improving at it slowly but it's still something that gets me which is like i'll be working and then i'll check the email and i'll see like a client emailed me and i'm like shit and then i'm thinking about it and it's like 
it makes you less efficient for sure on the task you're doing. And I know I can definitely improve there. And, and to touch on what you said, like there is probably at least five different technologies or platforms or websites that you could spend all day on, right? Yeah. You could spend all day on Slack. I mean, our company is 200, just over 200 people. I swear to you, there's probably like 150 channels, dogs, yeah. like, yeah. right? <laughs> dogs, yeah. awful email replies, win stuff. And it's like, yeah. dude, I could spend, it's great, but I could spend all day there. You could spend all day on LinkedIn. You could spend all day in email and get nothing done. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's actually would be the third, email, Slack, and then yeah, LinkedIn. Yeah, I took LinkedIn off my phone. Because honestly, I'm not, I'm not on any other social media, Instagram or Twitter or anything. So like LinkedIn was like the one because like, you know, your brain, your mind always wants something to grab. And I was just, yeah, so I took that off my phone, which is great. And um, yeah, I like, I mean, for me, LinkedIn has been great to promote Rooted and what we're up to. But yeah, LinkedIn can be, it can be, it can be a slippery slope. Um, yeah, man. Well, Cool uh yeah yeah we run these about 20-ish so um i i appreciate yeah i really appreciate uh your your you can tell right and i can tell as i like interview people for for the next role ever when people like have that and for me it's like rolodex and connections are of course interesting but it's like pop and fire and that like high vibe that like we at Rooted really look for. And so I guess appreciating like why I wanted to connect with you is you, you definitely have that. Like, Ooh, this guy definitely gets it. And he's got some, he's got some pop and some fire, which uh, is, is, is rare even in the sales world. So it's appreciated. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. And it's cool that you can sense that through, through LinkedIn. It shows. Yeah. That's yeah. Weird, but cool. I agree. So, all right, Keenan, have a good Friday. Thanks, man. All right, man. See ya.